live from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. It's time for Bring a Trailer. You know, we're going to have to find a jingle for that. Uh, you know, it'd be a good thing to put with the segment. Um, let's see. Well, let's go over what we picked from last week, okay? So that we dudes. know how much these things sold for. Um, you chose a couple of cars. Let's start with the 1964 Mercury Comet Caliente Convertible. Uh, it was a deep uh, a dark navy blue with a two-tone interior, white and, dark, and black interior. Uh, it sold on the 18th for $16,700, which is a pretty good price for that car. Yep. Yep, uh, but it did sell. Good thing for that. Now, you also picked something that was a, very interesting because there's not too many of them out there. This was a 1977 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am that was used to be owned by Burt Reynolds. It was signed by Burt Reynolds both on the hood and on the dash, and it came with like you know his jacket and like all Smokey and the Bandit. I think if I recall yeah. right, they had the car detailed with the uh, Bandit written on it. They did. Um, it sold for one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. Nope. $172,000. Now, ordinarily, a car like that wouldn't hit $20,000. But, you know, I guess that's the power of celebrity, well, huh? The history of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is. I mean, you know, so I, I just thought that was fascinating because even I was kind of stunned by that number. It's a pretty high number. Um, let's Definitely see. a collector uh, because I wasn't going to get that with uh, my PPP paycheck. You weren't? No. Gee. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting they for They didn't give too. me as much as, uh, say, uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got a lot more. But didn't they get shamed into giving that back? Yes. I thought they did. I thought they'd get shamed into giving that money back. Who knows? But, um, okay, now I chose a couple of interesting cars as well. I chose a uh, 1981 uh, Dodge Aries K sedan with 58,000 miles on it. And it looked like it kind of just rolled out of the, out of the factory. The fact that it had not rusted and fallen apart, that it was still actually all operating right down to the AM radio and the air conditioner yeah, and the power like steering my, and power brakes. Looked like my grandpa it's, Ken's car. It's a, I mean, it was very, very pedestrian. Let's put it that way. It sold for 4901. Wow. Yeah, so probably about what it costs new. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I I didn't think it was going to go for very high. These are not very collectible. But the fact that it you know it still exists and that it runs and you know most of them are already in the you know the graveyard, uh, I think gives it some some cachet. I also chose a 1969 Citroen DS. 21 Palace uh, with 1600 miles. It was originally sold in Canada and it was a it was a dealer demo car and there had been some damage to it and it was sold to this guy who was going to fix it up. He was a mechanic and uh, he did the work himself, but he kind of bought it and forgot about it for like 30 odd years or 40 huh. years and then he decided to start working on it and they finally d ended up doing a f you know a full restore of this car it sold for $83,000 which people wow. think is a North American record for the uh, for Citroen DS nice 
Yeah, that's a that's a very healthy number. Yep. Uh, I think I think I also looked at a 1989 Toyota 4Runner with 51,000 miles uh, and five-speed manual transmission with air conditioning. It was bid to 14,000. Other ones I've seen have been bid much higher, and uh, this one only went to 14,000. I don't know why. It should have been higher, but uh, it did not sell. So it did not meet the a reserve. Reserve, yeah. Yep. So those are those were our stuff from last week, and I thought I would go over those. Now this week, John, you have chosen a very interesting one as well. Let's start with the uh, 1965 AMC. What do you call this thing? It's a. Uh, let's see. It's an AMC M four two two A one Mighty Might with M four sixteen trailer. So it's basically a Jeep, right? Right. Kind of a kind of a jeepy jeep kind of thing, right? Yeah, it was a Marine Corps vehicle. Yes. <clears throat> what it says here is that it's a 1965 AMC uh, Mighty Might with a matching trailer. So, in other words, it has one of these little trailers. It's very cute, actually. That you know you would put on this jeep to haul whatever you were, you know, ammunition, guns, rations. Who knows what they would haul with it? Um, but. Uh, See, it was it was uh, restored over 21 years by a Vietnam era Marine, nice. and it was passed to another Marine uh, he had served with upon his passing. Uh, the seller acquired the truck in 2019, featuring a lightweight aluminum body, independent rear suspension, uh, or actually front and rear suspension, and inboard mounted drum brakes, not even disc brakes. Uh, the M422 was designed for helicopter insertion using the Sikorsky H19 helicopters uh, that were in use uh, when the vehicle was developed. Uh, power is supplied by an AMC designed 1.8 liter air cooled V4. That's an unusual thing. Air-cooled V4 hmm. paired with a four-speed manual transmission. I, I don't know too many air-cooled V4s these days. Uh, pretty rare. Um, and so with a four-speed manual transmission, a two-speed transfer case for the four-wheel drive, and a limited slip front end and rear differentials. Uh, is offered with a, f- a folder of records, a cold-weather top kit, metal doors. Ooh, it comes with doors. Uh, <laughs> A side curtain, a full set of uh, portrayal, uh, yeah, portrayal press uh, technical manuals, uh, and then documentation on the model, uh, a Georgia bill of sale for the trailer, and a clean Georgia title for the mighty might. I mean, it really is gorgeous. I mean, it, it does look like it's brand new, doesn't it? I'd I mean, want to have like, it like in parades. Yes, and and you could put people in a little wagon that that you yep. that you carry behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this sold today for $36,250. Wow. So it just sold today. So that's pretty interesting. Yep. Yep. So somebody already bought it. It even came with the parade flag on front, didn't it? It, had, it, it has it a did. flag It has pole. an American flag with a little flagpole on the front uh, passenger side. Yeah, you got you got to love that. I mean, any car that comes equipped with a with a flag holder, you got to love it. So, okay, that so that's well, a cool definitely find. you know I, one of the reasons I picked it is because this is Memorial Day weekend. But sure, um, but it is a cool thing, and I would have loved to have had a, a little you know. To me, it's a toy vehicle, but yeah, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, especially in the desert, you don't, you know, it might be good for a you know a winter day, but not for uh, the summer. Probably it'd be a little hot for the summer. 
Yeah. Uh, the se- the second car you picked was a 1974 Chevy Corvette convertible, uh, and uh, this is uh, it's in Ventura, California, and it's finished in a dark green over a neutral interior, and is powered by a 350 cubic inch V8 mated to a three speed turbo automatic automatic transmission. It's equipped with a white soft top, power windows, and an aftermarket Corvette branded radio that is connected to speakers located in behind the seats. And those speakers look pretty formidable. Uh, you know what caught my <laughs> eye about it, Todd, was it reminded me of the, although it was white in the TV show, of the Corvette that Bill Bixby drove in a uh, 70s era TV show called The Magician. I remember it. Hey, there's the problem. I remember it. Yeah. I always thought it was cool too. It was because he was going to the Magic Castle here in Hollywood, and uh, he would drive that really cool Corvette. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I like about this car is the side pipes to it. It's got these gigantic exhaust pipes on either side of the car. Mm-hmm. Now, those will get very, very hot. <laughs> so. When you get in and out of that car, you better be very careful what, that you just don't, you know, touch those pipes because they can burn you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, but they're very cool. So I guess it's a, you know, a pipe for each of the four uh, on the V8. So four on each side. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Uh, but it looks like it's in very, very nice condition. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it does look like his car. It does look like Bill Bixby's car that he had, except he had the white one. Mm-hmm. And it, didn't it, what was the what was the license plate Spirit? Something like that. Something like that. I think that's right. That I remember that. Shoot me now. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So we're aging ourselves, Todd. I know that's really sad. That's really you know yesterday (laughs) uh, on on the Friday edition of uh, of Coachella Valley Live, we had the publicist from NBC and who worked directly with Johnny Carson uh, with us because uh, last night was the 28th anniversary of the final show that Johnny did of the tonight show. Oh And, wow. and it's just like, I'm going, how could that have been almost 30 years ago? <laughs> right. And we went through two iterations of Jay Leno and, every, and all sorts of things in between. Didn't right. we? <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember it. That's another scary part. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, I I picked. Let's start with the. the you spiker. had some really interesting cars this week too. Yeah, let's start with the Spiker. And I I picked, you know first of all, this is a very unique car. If you if you saw it, yeah, you would know that it's it's basically everything on the car is hand built. Um, you know, if you look at the all the all the controls are basically hand machined. Everything is done in expensive, ex- exquisite detail. It's a Dutch company. Uh, they don't sell very many of these a year. This one was sold in Rancho Mirage originally hmm. uh, from our friends at Desert European, uh, and it comes with the original um, uh, sticker, sticker for the car. Which was a bargain, I think. Let's see if I can find it here. Yes, yes, yes. There it is. Uh, and I thought again when we talked about the option packages. Let's see. So the 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 base price for the car was two hundred and sixty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars. But then you added the whisper mode. I guess that made it quieter for a thousand thirty five. The xenon headlights for a thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars. And then the nineteen inch arrow blade wheels for six thousand five hundred dollars uh the wide body specifications i would have a little bit wider fenders for sixty five hundred 
and then the quilted leather trim for 3250 and then the dashboard in turned aluminum which it's it's spectacular if you look at it it's $5250 so the total price for this car new was a Two thousand, I mean, two hundred and ninety-six thousand two hundred and twenty dollars, uh, and it uh, had a gas guzzler. Let's see, did did it have a gas guzzler shaft? No, they'd already gone by that time. So it's a two thousand six Spiker C eight Spider, and the Spider means that it was the convertible version. And this is one of those convertibles where you actually have a top you put, you take on and take off. It doesn't convert, you know, it doesn't just fold back into the body. You just took it off like a, a top and then put it back on when you wanted to. Um, but, you know, probably most of the time you drove it with the top off of it because that's what it was meant to do. Um, you know, it's just just to basically be uh, people for something to look at. Because if you look at this, everything on this car is just beautifully hand done. And it's just, you know, there to look at. They're using it. It runs a 4.2 liter Audi V8 in it. So it's. Uh, you know, it's not like it's a Ferrari. A Ferrari is a, a you know a marriage of perfect uh, design and and uh, perfect engineering. This is just perfect design. It's just gorgeous. Um, I've got a couple of other picks, some other things to talk about when we get back. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be we'll be right back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. You had some really interesting picks this week with uh, That's right. We have some more Bring a Trailer picks. And this is, this, the next one I'm going to do is the 1986 Toyota Cressida. Okay, so what is a Cressida, you might ask? A Cressida used to be the top-of-the-line Toyota, and this was before they created Lexus. So this is this was basically the Lexus of its day. And what you know, what a lot of people don't know. First of all, these were just they were basic four-door sedans, but they had every possible luxury feature, and they were essentially a Toyota Supra, same engine, same transmission, you know, all of the same, except it had four doors, and you know, it had seats. That look like couches, totally, you know, cushioned seats and and uh, you know velour, very very luxury luxurious for Toyota. This had every possible option on it as well. I mean, you know, it had automatic climate control. The stereo was, you know, had all the equalizer buttons and it was automatic reverse on the cassette and it had, you know, it had a digital. Uh, radio again 86 digital radio that was a that was a you know an you know something that was different and new uh so it had that it uh had uh, again automatic climate control it had uh uh, cruise control, uh, ABS, power steering, power brakes, all the good stuff. So basically, and it was very quiet inside and had all the, 
you know, all the uh, interior, you know, lighted mirrors and um, everything that could make it a luxury car. And these do not come up for auction that often just because there's not that many of them. Uh, They were expensive. I mean, most people in those days bought the Toyota Camry. You know, that was the. You know, that was the midsize car. That was the, you know, the, the car that was, you know, much more affordable. But the Cressida was the top of the line. And this one, I mean, it's 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 sort of a metallic beigey brown with, the, you know, with with the gold pinstripes. Uh, and it has sort of a crushed, you know, velour brown sort of interior. So it's kind of monotonish. But it this is a car that will basically last you forever. It uh, only has, oh, it was, it's, it's like 100,000. I'll look here for a second here. Yeah, it has 97,000 miles. And this will easily go for 200, 250,000 miles with very little maintenance on it. Uh, it's just it's a it's a it's a rare sight to see just because it's not exciting to look at. But I just these are the kind of cars that are sort of like the stealth uh, car that you could buy and drive all the time. And it would be again for its day, it would have been a fast car, you know, because it had the 2.8 liter inline six cylinder engine, which was the same thing that was offered in the Supra. And of course, people rever- you know revere the Supra like it's you know some you know godlike you know creation, uh, but they don't even know about the Cre- the Cressida. So, this is before Lexus there was Cressida. So that's up for auction right now. the The bid right now is five thousand uh, dollars. It probably won't go much more than 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 ten, I don't think, but uh, we'll see. How now much longer is on that one? What say it again? How much longer is on that? Uh, let's okay. see. It goes until it has four more days, so okay. we'll know in a couple of weeks what uh, what that was going to go for. Uh, the next one that I chose was uh, a 1989 Renault Alpine GTA Turbo. Okay, now I now, thought this car was super cool. <laughs> and again, here it one. is, Mister. I don't like red. Going for a car that was pretty cherry red. Yeah, this is pretty red. Um, and it's, it's a, it, this is a real sports car. I mean, this is no, you know, it has the engine in the rear. It's a turbo V six in the rear. Um, it has these big, thick, uh, leather seats that are like, like a, like a, I don't know how to describe it, like tuck and roll upholstery or something. It was, uh, but it, it's very French in this look. I mean, a lot of the controls are, are sort of stock Renault, but the rest of the car certainly isn't. It has a, let's see, it's 1989, uh, Alpine GTA turbo previously resided in Japan. It's, it's still a left-hand drive car, but it was imported to the U.S. for the current owner in 2015. Uh, the car has been repainted in red over black leather interior and is powered by a rear-mounted turbocharged 2.5-liter V6 paired with a five-speed manual transaxle uh, featuring two-plus-two seating, 15-inch turbine wheels, uh, twin uh, twin single-din cassette radios. I thought that was weird that it actually had two radios. Uh, and uh, power windows. In uh, preparation for the sale, the car received general inspection, new tires. It's offered on dealer consignment with a clean Pennsylvania title. Uh, these are ones that you will not see, uh, uh, you know, Nobody else is going to have one of these. There are just so few of them in the United States at this point. Uh, there just aren't that many. Uh, but it was equipped with a fiberglass body. So, again, that's something rare. I mean, Corvettes had fiberglass bodies, but other cars did not. So this was to make it lightweight so that it was faster. And that's you know obviously the reason they wanted it uh, to be as light as possible. Yeah, I'd never Details seen one, of, nor had I uh, – no. I mean, not just in person, but never had even – I'd never even seen or heard, heard of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, but they've been making these for years. I mean, it's just that you never see them on this side of the pond because they've never been imported and sold here. So anything you see here has been t uh, after, you know, after what is it, 25 years, you can bring a car over to the United States uh, when it's that old. But uh, this one's more than 25 years old, certainly. But it's it's a, it's quite a slick car. It's very nice to look at. It's uh, $11,000 right now, five days to go. It's going to have to go for more than that. Someone's not going to sell it for $11,000. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. More Bruno Trailer when we get back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen, and we're talking Bring a Trailer. And, John, we, you know, I've been following these expensive, these Toyotas from the 80s and the early 90s because they're going up in value very quickly. Some of these trucks are selling for exceedingly high numbers for what I mean, much more than they, they originally cost. Um, the one that one of them that caught my eye was a 32,000 mile 1989 Toyota Land Cruiser FJ62. And FJ62 just refers to the, you know, the, the various body styles that it was. Um it's finished in a white over gray interior. It's powered by a four liter inline six, which is, by the way, the same liter that was in the Supra of that year, uh, paired with a four speed automatic transmission and a dual range transfer case. Uh, it has a suspension components that were added later uh, during the previous ownership. Additional equip equipment includes electric windows, uh, electric locks, uh, electric mirrors, air conditioning, uh, rear heater, and a factory cassette player. Uh, it's offered by the seller on behalf of the current owner with manufacturer's literature, tools, some service records, a clean Carfax report, and a clean North Carolina title. Now, when this came up, again, I, I have a I have an alert, put it like a Google alert, but it's a bring a trailer alert. And so I clicked on it. And it, within the first hour, the the uh, the bid started to come in and they started, you know, at some low ball number. What was it? Uh, OK, they started at ten thousand five hundred was the opening bid. A few minutes later, it went to twenty thousand dollars. Wow. And another couple of minutes, it went to twenty-two-five, and then from there went to twenty-five. Uh, about twenty minutes later, about twenty-five thousand. Uh, a couple of minutes later, twenty-seven thousand. Another couple of minutes, or another minute later, thirty-two-five. Uh, then somebody said, "Okay." A couple of minutes after that, thirty-six eight seventy-five. Uh, two or three minutes after that, forty thousand. Man, people and were getting another, really serious yeah, about this thing. Yeah, another nine minutes, forty six thousand two fifty, and then, you know, less than less than an hour later, 
50,000. And then a few minutes, about 15 minutes after that, 20 minutes after that, somebody bid 55,000. And then a couple of, I know, an hour and a half later, no, an hour and 45 minutes later or so, somebody bid 70,000. Oh, my goodness. So it jumped from 55 to 70,000. And then in, let's see, the next morning at 4.35 a.m. our time, somebody bid 75,000. And then an hour after that, somebody bid 80,000. So it's sitting at 80,000 right now. What makes this (laughs) so valuable, Todd? It's just that these were considered bulletproof, quality Toyotas of the time that you'll never find others like it again, that it will run forever, that this is, you know, it's as good today as any other car you could buy today. And people like the styling. Uh, they like the classicness, you know, the classic lines of the car uh, and that it's basically a Toyota truck that will never die. Um, but yeah, it's a, there, there's something about them. That's why at that sort of price, like you hope it won't. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, for that price. But 32,000 miles is also very, very low for something like that. Yeah. There's only 47 comments so far, but it, it ends in five days. And I'll see. I don't know if it's going to go higher than 80, but 80 is a, you know, a very healthy. This, this car didn't sell for 80,000. This was probably a $40,000 car new. Yeah. So, so, so some, somebody's making money on that or, or at least, you know, they're trying to make money on it. Um, now, this this other one is something that it doesn't look like it should be special, but it's very, very special. It's a special order 1967 Ford Country Squire wagon with a 428 uh, V8 and a four-speed manual transmission. They This was custom ordered. According to the what I've read here, uh, this was ordered by this guy in 1967. Uh, because he wanted a sports car like a Shelby, but his wife wanted, you know, she needed a station wagon for the kids and for hauling stuff. So this was their compromise. So it, it starts off as a $3,359 Ford Country Squire uh, wagon. And, and so it's painted in Saturn gold. It has the base engine. It was a 289 V8. That's the base engine. That was another $106. Uh, but then there was the courtesy light group of $22. Uh, special tires, luggage rack of 44 uh, power rear window, power windows, by the way, which is un- very unusual for this year. And that was $100. Power steering, another $100. Air conditioning, factory air, select air, air conditioning, $356. That's more than 10% of the price of the car. It had it. Yeah, it's stunning. It has an AM FM radio. Now, who listened to FM radio in those days, right? Weirdos. Yes. So it had the rear facing seats, so that, you know, rear facing speakers. It had the dual seats as part of the Country Squire option. It had deluxe seat belts. And then there was a special order four-speed transmission for $187. And then it had the 428 Thunderbird V8, which is also, I think, the, similar to the one they used in the Ford um, Shelby Mustang uh, for $244. Bucket seats, in a, remember, this is a station wagon, right. was, were $81.90 extra. And a center console for 48 and again, 
a station wagon didn't have a center console, but in order to get the four speed on the floor, they had to have it with a center console. So that was $48.51. Now, the total for this car ended up to be $4,915. But How much? because of $4,915. So that's a significant pop over the, you know, the, the base price of 3359. And right. again, this is 1967. Because of what the guy wanted, the order had to be signed off on by Lee Iacocca, who was president of Ford at the time. It was that weird. I've never seen another, I've never seen another station wagon of that era with bucket seats. Absolutely never. I've never seen it with four on the floor. Again, never. Three on the tree, yes. Four on the floor, never. Right. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, the um, the center console, never. It's factory air conditioning, factory power windows. The rear, win- you know, the rear window was electric. All of those things were electric. This comes with the deluxe Marty report, and the Marty report basically tells you everything you need to know about your car. Um, and what it says is that your car was one of 3,247 painted uh, with this co- paint color. It was one of 91 with these paint and trim codes. It was one of one, one of one with these engine and transmission codes. Uh, and uh, one of uh, 1,322 ordered with this DSO, I guess it's a special order, um, in a district special order. So what um, that means is that there's no other car in the world like it. That's correct. This is one of one, nothing else. It's interesting to me because I'm imagining this guy and his wife going into their Ford dealership and yeah. saying, here's the car and the specs yeah, I, mean, I want. It's inter- and how, how did they fill out the, uh, the factory order for that thing when it didn't exist? Well, you know, the, the dealer would have had to have gone because it's under, you know, Cincinnati ordering district under special order number 0073. In those days, you could actually specify certain things. If they were if they were being made in the factory, uh, you could sort of ask for it to be put on your car if it was, you know, if it was something that would fit in the car. For example, the bucket seats were never made for the for the the station wagon, but right. I, but I'm sure you could have gotten them in like the four door sedan or coupe, like the Ga- the galaxy 500 sedan or the galaxy 500 coupe, which right. was the same sort of car, except, you know, it, again, so these seats would have fit in the, in the car because the only difference is, is this is the station wagon version, but it would have fit in the same thing. So these were things that could have happened uh, if you wanted it to happen. And this person actually wanted it to happen, which is, pretty stunning uh, again it was supposedly you know he wanted a sports car the wife needed a wagon and this was their compromise and it was special ordered for them for this but i still even if it's a station wagon i've never seen with an fm radio am fm radio with factory air with power windows you know power brakes power you know power steering and you know tilt steering wheel all those types of things I've never seen that. And then, you know, with the center console, with the little special slot, even for the seatbelts to go in, uh, in, you know, they didn't have shoulder harnesses. It's just an exceedingly rare car. Right. So I thought that was something just to look at. I know, it, you know, if you were to look at it, it's never been restored. So there's, you know, it's it, the, the, the paint is sort of gone. It's very, you know, tarnished. Or, you know, the finish looks very dull at this point. 
Um, some, it, you know, some, the bid right now is $27,000 on it. It ends in three days. I don't know whether that's going to be sold or not, but it's, you know, whoever buys it, they may very well f- refinish it. But on the other hand, they may simply keep it the way it is, you know, and just sort of like let it sort of be in that condition, uh, all original, never touched. Right. So it, it depends on what they do because the car is perfectly mechanically sound. Uh, you know, you can start, they, they, you know, there's videos of them starting it and driving it. It was featured on a video on barn finds, uh, on the TV show. Uh, it was, um, you know, it was, it was basically, you know, people have known about it, but it's just, it's rare to have it come up and it's even rarer to have it, you know, uh, to, to, to have people bidding on it with the actual information as to what's happened with the car and why it was you know, why it was, you know, why it was ordered and all those kinds of things. It's just, it's exceptionally rare. And it's, it's, it's something to, I love wagons. So There's something to behold that it has all those things. It's got to be, it's very fast, I'm sure, for its day, you know, yeah. to have that kind of an engine in it. Of course. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. To, I mean, certainly as a wagon, people would never know that that's what you were driving. Yeah. No, it's, so uh, it's, it's, it, it it's was something. very unimpressive to me when I, looked at it on the surface, you know, just looking at the pictures. But then when you started to tell me all these unique factors about it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something, isn't it? So yeah. anyway, so that's, um, so keeping with my idea, I, I, last week I talked about cars that, you know, that I looked at their stickers, you know, if I could find the original stickers and what I find interesting is, is the differences between then and now, for example, this is a Mercedes Benz, uh, 1987, S420, I mean a 420 SEL sedan. So it's the big sedan, the long wheelbase with the 4.2 liter V8 engine in it. And it has a sticker price of $56,050, which was very expensive back then. And it has exactly no options, none, zero. Everything was every everything that you would expect it to have, it had standard. No options because you didn't need options. It simply came that way, and it came with a gas guzzler tax of tax of a thousand fifty dollars, and it had a whopping fifteen miles per gallon in the city and eighteen miles per gallon on the highway. But I like the way that Mercedes used to do it. That this was the best car in the world. You got everything on it. You didn't really need to have options. Here it is. I think the only option might have been like, you know, uh, heated seats or something. But even that, I think, was standard on the um, on the S class uh, Mercedes. So. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see those kinds of things. Okay, this is Todd Bianco with John McMillan. You're listening to All Revved Up on I Have Radio, and we'll be right back. Weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. 
Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Tom. A little news. Uh, Kia is not giving up on the sedan market. Um, after the successful launch of this, uh, the, I think, quite sexy 2020 Hyundai Sonata, the Kia version of that is called the Optima. But for the 2021 model year, it's getting a new name. It will be the K5, which is what it's called in, uh, which is what it's called in Korea. Uh, so, uh, the, the Forte, which is the smaller version, which is like the Hyundai Elantra is going to be renamed the K3 when it's redesigned, uh, the Kia Cadenza, which is bigger than the, uh, the, the Kia Fort, uh, the Kia, uh, Optima, uh, is called the K7 in Korea and their flagship, believe it or not, in Korea, it was called the K9. <laughs> hmm. Now this is a, this was a problem for the United States market. <laughs> So in the United States market, it's yeah, called we already K9. had a we already had a K car. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they, we don't eat them here. Um, for, for the flagship is now called the K nine hundred, but uh, the 21, 2021 Kia K five will offer all wheel drive for the first time uh, in, in the United States. Uh, the single model that's listed on the EPA website has a turbocharged 1.6 liter inline four cylinder engine with an eight speed automatic transmission, which is the same as in the Hyundai Sonata. Uh, but the H- Sonata doesn't offer all wheel drive yet, at least not that we know of, but maybe that will be coming for the next model year. Uh, this was first inter- all wheel drive was first introduced for this level. This is sort of the midsize Japanese sedan. Uh, Nissan Altima put it on its car in 2019 when they redesigned it. Uh, then the next year, Toyota announced, Toyota announced that the new Camry <coughs> for 2020 would, would offer <coughs> all would offer all wheel drive. Uh, and of course, Subaru Legacy, which nobody buys but is still available, uh, has always offered all-wheel drive in the market. And I guess all-wheel drive is beginning to be the go-to thing, even though it makes the car heavier. Uh, uh, but people seem to want it; they think that it makes the car safer or better, and somehow. But it, all it does is basically <clears throat> sap the uh, fuel economy. But Kia is not giving up, and they're going to start renaming all their cars with the K in front of them. You know, K three, five, seven. So there it is. Uh, I expect that when the Honda Accord is redesigned, which is coming soon, that uh, Honda will offer all-wheel drive on the Accord because they can't be the only one in the market that doesn't offer it. You know, this is you know they have to uh, make sure that they, they match what the competitors have. So we're getting a new uh, Kia Optima, and it's going to be called the K5, and it's coming later this year. Now, also for the 2021 model year, Ram. Ram trucks will be offering what they call the Rebel TRX, and this is to rival the Ford F-150 Raptor. The TRX will be powered by a supercharged Hellcat V8 pushing 700 horsepower. By contrast, the Ford F-150 Raptor has a turbo, uh, twin-turbo V6 EcoBoost engine with 450, only 450 horsepower. Uh, it's been leaked that the Ram Rebel TRX will also offer rubber floor mats that show a T-Rex looming over a poor tiny Raptor dinosaur. Now, again, this is just to to you know throw shade on Ford. They don't say Ford anywhere. They just have this gigantic you know T-Rex looming over the little Raptor, and the, the but it's going to be. My, you see, this is this is the trend, trend for more expensive, more powerful, less fuel efficient trucks. This thing is going to be, I, I guarantee it, John, just like the Raptor is going to be extremely popular. There will be 
lines of people waiting for these things and they will plop down easily $80,000 for this. Yikes. I've got something for them to plop down 80,000 on. <laughs> well, there's lots of things you could say, that, you know, that, that they could do, but it's, it's just the trend of, of, of the market that they're going to be offering these upscale models. And, you know, so far nobody had ever, um, even Chevy didn't, uh, try to, to rival Ford with their Raptor. I think Raptor, by the way, is a great name. I think it's just a terrific name for the car, for the truck, I guess. But, uh, but the Rebel TRX is, uh, I guess, uh, kind of cool too, because you know it makes you think of T-Rex. So um, I have no doubt that it will outsell, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, that it will probably eventually outsell the Raptor. It will be very popular in the marketplace. Um, let's see. Uh, Genesis is also not giving up, which is the, uh, the luxury uh, division of Hyundai and Kia. Uh, is not giving up on the sedan, and they just debuted virtually, of course, because everything is a virtual debut now. The 2021 G80, which is their midsize sedan, it's the competitor to the BMW uh, 5 Series or Mercedes E-Class or the Audi A6, so it's that size of car. Uh, it's quite nice looking because we'd seen earlier uh, the the SUV version, which would be the GV, a V for versatility, I guess. Uh, so the sedan follows the styling of the GV80 SUV. So it's sexy, uh, quite affordable. It's, uh, you know, the uh, it starts at uh, 48725 uh, when a BMW or a Mercedes starts in 54000 So right there, you've got a $6,000 difference, and they already give you more for your money. Uh, the, it has a two point, the base engine is a 2.5-liter turbo four that makes 300 horsepower and, 200, uh, and 311 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty good for a four-cylinder engine. Um, and then they're going to offer a twin-turbo V6 as well for the most powerful version. Uh, but if you want that, it's going to be a little bit extra. Uh, it's going to start at $60,125. And uh, all-wheel drive is an option on uh, on the car, whether you have the four-cylinder or the six-cylinder, and it's going to be an extra $3,150. But basically, they're following the Lexus and Infiniti playbook, and they're, they're going to be uh, the value – uh, car for you know that you can buy instead of the Germans and you know right now JD Power still says that the Genesis is the most dependable brand, so they've got that going for them and they've got uh, it's less expensive it has more options on the car for the money so you get more for your money you pay less and it's very dependable you know what's not to want there right and they'll by the way they'll deliver directly to your house and they'll pick it up for service so I think that's nice right. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's nice when yep. they pick the car up for service. Uh, I always think that that's a helpful thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, this is this is something that's good. Now, um, the Sonata Hybrid, that's a Hyundai Sonata. I guess we're going with Kia. You know, we're going with that group again. Uh, the Sonata Hybrid has been priced. Uh, it's going to be uh, expensive, but it's you know it'll it'll event, it it doesn't follow both Kia and I mean both uh, Toyota and Honda sort of price their hybrids in the middle of the range and they're and what they're doing for the 2020 sonata is they're pricing it towards the top of the range and putting more on it for the money so they're again giving you more more value but the sonata hybrid gets 50 miles per gallon in the city 40 and 54 on the highway and a 52 combined with a driving range of almost 700 miles so i think that'll be appealing at least to us in california yeah 
You're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. And thank you for uh, being with me today, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see you uh, next time. Thanks for listening. This is all revved up. I'm Todd Bianco with John McMullen. We'll see you next time. Bye.